light of and focus of our tailgate theme and party that we're doing today, we're going to stick to that theme and stick to that topic of, of, of sports and the idea of sports, and sports are awesome, and so the title of our message today is Fundamentals. Hey, let's put the fun back in fundamentals, that was kind of corny and cheesy, right? A little corny and cheesy, but let's put the fun back in fundamentals, and I might have to talk to our media team because I don't know why we got basketball on there. But I guess basketball, uh, a couple of basketball fans in the house. I know basketball season did just start, but I, I feel like you don't tailgate for basketball. But, uh, but we are celebrating all teams and all fan bases today, man. So I hope you wore your colors. And I hope you're going to get spiritually fed today. Come on, somebody. And then we're actually going to physically feed you after church. So if you got nothing to do, nowhere to be, you stay after church with us. We're going to eat really good, too, and hang out. Praise God. So we're going to be talking about fundamentals Today And if you think about fundamentals, it's something that we can, as believers, as children of God, can never, somebody say never, grow out of. We can never grow out of doing the fundamental things that we have to do to be in relationship with God every single day. We can't outgrow reading our Bibles. We can't outgrow prayer. We can't outgrow our faith. We can't outgrow discipleship. We can't outgrow hearing and listening and spending time with God. We can't outgrow those things. Just as, as athletes can't ever outgrow the fundamentals of what it takes to be good in their respective sports, we can't overlook the, the basics, the basic things. See, because we all want to do the big things. We all want God to do the big things. Can I talk to somebody? You need God to do some big things in your right, right? In your life, right? Well, we can't begin to have fun doing the big things until I get really good at doing the small things, right? The small things get overshadowed by the, the glitz and the glamour of the big things that we want to happen and the things that we want to transpire in our lives. So we can never outgrow the basic fundamentals of our faith. The Lord was showing me Fundamentals are, are what we do. They're, they're, they should be how we live. They, they should be a part of us. They should be ingrained in who we are. And Lord, we're showing me much of how we live, much of what we do hinges on the why. Why do I do what I do? Why do I believe what I believe? Why? Maybe do I doubt? Why do I come to church? Why do I go to small group? Why do I pray? Why do I read my Bible? Why don't? Somebody say don't. Put it in the chat today. Don't. All caps. Why don't I read my Bible? The answer to that why is probably the answer to whether or not you're thriving in the fundamentals of your faith. Rediscovering your why Guys, you got to get this. Rediscovering your why is what keeps you going. It's what keeps you striving. It's what makes the Alabama football players continue to do the, the exercises, continue to run the same plays, continue to do the same calisthenics over and over and over and over and over again every single day. Let me spiritualize this. This is why every single day we have to believe we have to be in prayer. We have to read God's word. 
every single day I got to be still and quiet before the Lord. Our why is what keeps us focused, what keeps us moving forward. So write this down if you'd like to take notes. I want you to answer this question for yourself. What's my why? Do you have one? What is my why? Why do I come to church? Why do I keep coming to LCHP? Why do I read my Bible? Why do I pray? Why don't I pray? What's what's my why? Why do I believe in Jesus? I want you to write that down. Find that answer through prayer. Pray about it and seek God's face this week. So look at that first point. It's really a question. We're going to kick this off today. It's going to be a standalone, excuse me, message. Kind of getting ahead of myself a little bit, but it's kind of what I just asked you to write down. And so what are the fundamentals of our faith and the basic doctrines of Christianity, the things that we believe, why we believe them, right? And why does it even matter? Why does your why before God even matter? Why does it matter what we believe in? It matters, guys, because what God gives us, God has given us the greatest gift, the greatest responsibility to preach the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why does that matter? Because we are talking about eternity. Eternity is at stake. And in God's word, it says that he has planted eternity in the hearts of men. Your why matters. What we believe matters because eternity is at stake. We have to be a people of faith that understand the fundamental truth that God sent His Son into the world, not to condemn the world, not to judge the world, but to save all those who might believe. To save. That's a fundamental truth. That's a fundamental truth that I need to receive every day and that I need to be sharing every day with people at work, with people at school, with people I I come in contact with at at the store, at the grocery store, at, at wherever, right? That's why it matters because eternity is at stake. Look at 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 4. It says this, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at His appearing and in His kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears. They will heap for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. I believe this is culturally where we currently are. Most people have itching ears. Itching ears for things that make you feel good, even though it's a lie. If I can stay stuck in my comfortability and not have to change, not have to accept the truth for the sake of my feelings, because I have itching ears. And this is how God, the kingdom of God is not just going to work, it's, it's how it works. God is, in the last days, he's going to separate those who are following truth 
and those who are being dissuaded and persuaded in lies and manipulation. And so the fundamental truth is Jesus is the king above all kings. And when you come to the revelation that Jesus is the fundamental truth, you will only want to hear more truth. You will only want to see more truth, experience more truth. Anything preached other than Jesus as Lord is not truth. It's not a fundamental truth, it's a fundamental lie. But in that truth of who Jesus is, there's other fundamental truths. Come on, somebody. There's the promises of God's word. There's the promises of his Holy Spirit. There's promises to the church. There's promises to believers. In that same steady fundamental truth in Jesus, there are other fundamental truths. And so today I want to give you five basic fundamental truths that we're going to talk about, look at, that we need to, we need to be excited about. We need to be sharing every single day. Things that I need to see, recognize, and even receive and experience on a daily basis for us to fully walk and be engaged with the kingdom of God. Okay, so look at this next point. I'm going to give you five fundamental truths today. Okay, so this first one. If we believe that Jesus is, right, we got to start somewhere. Jesus is the first fundamental truth. So we believe in salvation and justification by faith in Jesus Christ alone. That's it, right? I can only be saved and redeemed in the eyes of God through his son, who is Jesus, right? It's not our works, but our faith in the finished work of Jesus that saves us. Saved not by our works, but the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Now, let me backtrack for a second. Your works still matter. Keep doing good. Keep working for good. They still matter. Your works matter, but they can't save you. So keep doing good in the name of good, who is Jesus. Rest, believe in the finished work that Jesus has paid for, right? Keep working, but reside in that, that, that finished work, the finished promise. What Jesus say on the cross? Amen, it is finished. So can it be finished? Jesus says it's finished, but have you let it become finished in your life? Are you holding on to that thing? With steel cold hands, right? And God's like, it's finished, but I need you to I need you to trust me and to let it go. If you can trust him and let it go, it can it can be a fundamental truth that says, you know what, amen, it's finished. And then God can begin to work in and through your life. Look at Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. It says, God saved you by his grace when you what? When you believed, not by when you did, but when you believed. I want you to highlight that, underline that word believe today. You're following along in your Bible. It says, and you, can, you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Salvation is not rewarded based on what you've done or what you can do. Salvation is rewarded based on what you believe. 
And if you truly believe, then you will do. Then you will act accordingly. Jesus says, those who will believe will also do the same things that I did. Your works can't save you, but keep doing good. And I'm not saved boasting in what I can do, what I have done, what I think I can do. I boast in Jesus. Y'all hear my testimony all the time. It's nothing that Ian has done. It's what God did through his son in my life. Jesus saved me. Jesus redeemed me. He didn't just save and redeem me. He saved and redeemed me so that my, my sons could be saved and redeemed. Sons I didn't even know I was going to have. But God knew. God said. God spoke. Now it was on me to first believe. Ian believed, and then, praise God, I had the faith to do, to act on what I believe. We boast about Jesus, not about about anything else, only about him. That's got to be step one. The step one in fundamentals is knowing that Jesus has bought and paid the price for you to be set free. If you can start there, then the rest of these, you can begin to build fundamental truths on top of each other. And look at that next one. So if we can believe that Jesus is, we can also believe in the final authority and the say of the Word of God. God's Word, right? God's Word, the Bible, is inspired by God and is the standard, somebody say standard, by which all creation will be judged. We believe all of God's word. The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, right? And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Y'all ever heard that? We believe Genesis through Revelations, God's perfect will and testament to creation. We have to believe that God's word has the final say. If I'm in a dark place, if I if I'm struggling, if, I, if I'm doing good, if, if I am expecting God to do something in my life, I have to use God's word as the standard. I have to bring everything into picture, into authority by God's word. Here's the thing. Not enough believers are in the word of God on a daily basis. I can't bring it under the final say because I don't know what God has said. You need to know what God has said about you. Now, keep coming to church. I hope you enjoy my preaching, but you better know I miss it. So I hope you're not just making a theology of Pastor Ian that says, God says, I am what Pastor Ian said I am. Now, I'm held accountable to the things that I preach and teach, but you got to know what God says about you. You should want to know what God says about you. It should excite you to be in the Word of God. Hey, and you know what? If you're not old school, who's got a cell phone? There should be every hand in this place. You know you can get God's word on your cell phone? Do you know you can have your cell phone read God's word to you? Man, you're spoiled. 
you're spoiled. Don't, don't tell God you don't have the time. You spent eight hours scrolling Facebook yesterday. You got the time. You care more what Facebook thinks about you than you care what God thinks about you. Did I step on somebody? And when you find out what Facebook thinks about you, you got to say, oh, man, I better check out what Instagram thinks about me. And God's like, man, I wish you would spend time with me so I could tell you not just what I think about you, but what I said about you. Because I am the great I am, and I have the final say. Look at 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. It says, all Scripture, say it with me, all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true, what makes us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every what? There it is, good works. You're not saved by good works, but they matter. Right? I might have to preach a message just out of this passage, just out of 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, because there is so much, somebody say much, good, good. I'm talking about that good, good in this little verse, these couple little verses right here. Uh, there are six things, if you didn't pay attention, that God says in this particular verse. Six things about God's Word. It's powerful. We could spend six weeks on each one of these. I want you to highlight them. What does it say? God's Word is true. It's truth. The world is starving for truth and it doesn't even know it. You need truth every single day in your life. God's word is truth. He's not a liar. There is no, there is no deceit in him. It's who he is that I am the, and I am the, the way what? The truth and the life. It's his identity. It's who he is. Right? It says it gives revelation. You need some revelation in your life. You hear me say it all the time, we all have blind spots. And I need the revelation of Christ to show them to me. When I accidentally offend somebody, when I, when I accidentally hurt somebody, when I purposely hurt somebody, don't purposely hurt somebody. Tell your neighbor, don't do that. Right? Don't purposely hurt somebody. Even if you're an Alabama fan and they're an Auburn fan, don't hurt them. Bless them in Jesus' name. Right? It's true, it gives us revelation. What does it say? It corrects. It corrects us when we're wrong. <laughs> this might be uh, a truth bomb to you, but you know what? You're not right all the time. God's word is what corrects us. It's the banks of our lives that corrects us and guides us and teaches us. Uh, what, what's the next one? It teaches us, it says. It says it teaches us to do what is right. And God uses it to, the next one, prepares. Prepares you in season, out of season. It nurtures, it prepares you for things to come that you don't even know are coming. You're focused on this thing, focus on this thing, and God's like, you better pay attention because this thing's about to come. He ain't even spent enough time with me. He's spent all his time on Facebook, spending all the time with that wrong relationship, that it's not a godly relationship, and this thing's coming. It's about to blindside my child. He doesn't know it. He needs to be prepared. How do I get prepared? I got to be in the Word of God. It prepares us. For things to come. And then it equips us. Guess what? When you're prepared, you have the tools. I did construction for a long time. I used to have to wear a tool belt. All sorts of stuff. Hammer, tape measure, nails, drill. 
whatever I need, gloves. I was prepared and equipped to what? Begin to do. To do the good things that God has called us to do. God's word's important. The most important book on the planet. Can you agree? The most important book that nobody reads. Be in your word. If you believe it's important, set precedence. Make it important. If it's important, make it important in your life. Right? Hebrews 4.12. It says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than any... Sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joy and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. There is nothing more powerful and nothing sharper than this. This will cut you to your core. You thought you was right. You ain't forgiven that person. Man, you know what they did to you? Yeah, you remind yourself over and over and over again every day. You, you, you take the time. You make God's word important. You read it, and all of a sudden a verse jumps off, leaps off the pages into your heart, and you're like, oh, my God, forgive me. I got to forgive this person. God, forgive me. You're doing this thing. You're going through life. You're, you're angry. You're bitter. You're jealous. You act like nobody loves you because you feel like nobody loves you, and you're, you're trying to get the approval of the world and you're trying to do all these things. You make God's word important. You take the time to get in God's word and one day you're reading and a verse leaps off the page at you and it's, it's, you feel the love and the acceptance of God. And everything changes. But it only changes if you take the time to have God's word say the final say. God's word has to be fundamental. Before you can get all the good things you got to get good at the basic things. you got to get good at the basic things, the fundamental truth that God's Word is powerful and sharper than anything this world has to offer. Look at that next point. Third, the third thing, the third fundamental truth that we can have and believe. It says, we believe in the indwelling and empowering presence of the Holy Spirit. Y'all say that with me. Holy Spirit. If you're watching this online, type that in for me. Holy Spirit, all caps. Holy Spirit is so key and so vital that we're in relationship with Him every day because it says we are sealed and filled by the Holy Spirit, who is the third person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit empowers us to be a witness for Jesus, allowing us to do what He did and live like He did. We at Liberty Church believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe that He is good. We believe that He is God. We also believe that He is a person. The Trinity of God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Y'all have heard me say this. Where's God? He is in heaven. Where is Jesus? He's in heaven. If you read your Bible right now, it's interceding at the right hand of God for you and for me. And the Holy Spirit, it says, has actually been sent. Jesus sent Him to help us, to comfort us to lead us, to guide us. Maybe the only thing, just, just itching, waiting for your breakthrough, is because you're, you're either in or you're not in relationship with the Spirit of God through the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about a good conscience. You can lead, your guide, lead and guide your life 
with a good conscience. But you can't lead and guide your life to heaven, come on somebody, with a good conscience. The only way you're going to get led to heaven is by the same spirit that led Jesus to the cross to redeem your life. And Jesus sent that spirit, the Holy Spirit, to be in relationship with you to get you to heaven. And with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is of itself a gift, but the Holy Spirit brings about other gifts. I don't know about you, but I like getting presents. Gifts are good. And when you get the Holy Spirit, you get all the gifts. You get all the gifts, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. You get the gifts of ministry. Maybe it's prophetic ministry. Maybe it's preaching. Maybe it's teaching. Maybe it's counseling. Maybe it's exhortation. The building up of the church. Maybe it's encouragement. Right? You have all these things at your disposal. And you need the Holy Spirit to be a witness for Jesus. You are not going to be able to go where God has called you without the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Because just about every time your flesh will say no. (laughs) Maybe think of the first time uh, you came to Liberty Church. And that morning, you said on Saturday night, I'm going to get up, I'm going to go to church in the morning. And then Sunday morning came and you said, you know what, uh, maybe I don't want to go. It's going to be awkward, it's going to be weird. I'm going to meet a bunch of people I don't know. I've never been to this church before, they might be weird. They might believe in that thing like the Holy Spirit. That it's... The Holy Spirit has such a controversy. You know, that there are churches that don't believe in the Holy Spirit. There are some churches that say, oh, that's weird, that's freaky. All those speaking tongues. Whenever there's some kind of contention in the Word of God, you better get in the Word of God. Because I believe there's contention because the Holy Spirit is the most important part, the most key thing to your life, to keeping you stay free. Right? Keeping you to stay free, living in freedom. Right? Because to go where God has called you to go, you're going to need the Holy Spirit. Your flesh will say no every time. For you to share Jesus, your flesh will probably say no. The Holy Spirit wants to say yes. The Holy Spirit wants to say yes. Your flesh and your spirit, your flesh and the Spirit of God are generally at war with each other, right? Your, your, this, your flesh will lead you straight to hell. God's Spirit will lead you straight to heaven. One wants to go one way, one wants to go the other way. But if you could see the goodness and the relationship of the Holy Spirit, then you can begin to thrive in the kingdom of God. It's as simple as waking up every morning and saying what? Good morning, Holy Spirit. Starting your day. In relationship with God through the Father, by the, uh, by the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus. That, that relationship, that Trinity relationship. Right, look at 2 Corinthians 1, 20 through 22. It says, For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ our amen ascends to God for his glory. It is God who enables us along with you to stand firm in Christ. He has commissioned us and has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. The Holy Spirit is guarantee 
that we can believe and trust God for even more. Who's been born again? Amen. If you're not born again, I promise you there's going to be a moment today for you to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. I promise you there will be. But if, if you are born again, that feeling that happened inside of you when you, when you said, God, I want to do it your way, that guarantee, that installment was the Holy Spirit placed in your heart. Eternity placed in your heart. Hope, come on somebody, placed in your heart. Peace, come on somebody, placed in your mind and in your heart. Nothing externally changed. Your life was still a mess, but on the inside, everything changed. What changed? God made the first installment of heaven as a guarantee that I'm real in your heart. Nobody can talk you out of that, right? You know it was God. Only God could have done that. It was an installment, a payment. An initial payment that guarantees you, seals you as a child of God. Oh, come on, Jesus. That's some good stuff. That's good news. That God, through his son Jesus, has done. He's given us the Holy Spirit. Look at Acts 1.8. It says, but you will receive power. Somebody say power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. God knows we need power. Because we're powerless. And God knows we need power to go. Because in our sin, we're lazy. In our sin, we're complacent. In our sin, we're focused on me, myself, and I. But if God can give us the Holy Spirit to give us power and hope to go and move in hope and power and love and a sound mind, then the kingdom of God can meet earth. And people can come to the revelation that God is good that God is love, that God has a plan, God has a purpose, God can redeem, God can set free. But that can't happen unless the Holy Spirit has come. And I got good news, he's come. And all you got to do is call upon him. All you got to do is ask, and God gives. All you got to do is ask, and you can have power, supernatural power to lay that thing down. Hey, don't stop there. God wants you to lay that thing down, and then he wants you to pick this other thing up. Right? Lay that thing down that's killing you and pick up this thing that God wants to use to give you life and to be in a, live in encouragement instead of living in depression and despair, being anxious all the time. God, God wants you to put that down and, and pick up this. Right? It's the Holy Spirit that gives us power to go. Look at the next thing. Happens. Fourth fundamental, truth. We believe in the priesthood of all believers. That might sound kind of official to you today. I'm going to break it down for you. There are no second-class citizens in the kingdom of heaven. Did you know that? We are all equal, but not the same. That's truth. You are equal in the eyes of God, but guess what? We ain't the same. Every one of us is different, Right? We celebrate the differences in the kingdom of God. Every believer has full and complete access to the Father. Each person is complete in Christ with unique gifts and callings. What did Christ do when he came? Y'all, he leveled the playing field. All it takes is faith. 
You can be a believer for 20 years. That person who just come to Jesus, that lost sheep, that Jesus said, I leave the 99 for the one, if he comes in real repentance, seeks the Father, he has complete access to the Father as that person who's been living for Jesus for 20 years. That's some good news. That's what Jesus has done. And if you've been living for Jesus for 20 years, don't forget where you come from. Because I was that one. Once, I don't know about you, but I was that, that, that one in the pigsty. And praise God, God didn't say, eh, you done messed up. I gave you chance after chance after chance. No, what did he do? He accepted me in open arms. He accepted me with his love and with his grace. Christ has leveled the playing field, and he invites any and all people, everyone. It doesn't matter Sex, race, creed, religion. Jesus is above all those things, and he calls all into repentance, and then he wants to release all into the full authority and gifting into the kingdom of God. That's the cool thing. We're all, we're, we're, we're all equal, but we're not the same, right? Some of you have gifts that I don't have. I have some gifts that some of y'all don't have. God wants to use them all together for the good of the body of Christ. So that the church is healthy, growing, and full of love. right? Healthy, growing, and full of love. Get this. this. This might challenge you a little bit. Every person in here is a pastor, if you believe in Jesus. Now, not every one of us may have the title of a pastor, but every one of you has a position of pastor. If you have a friend and you believe in Jesus, you're a pastor to that friendship. If you have a spouse and you believe in Jesus... Guess what? You're a pastor to that relationship. If you have kids and you believe in Jesus, guess what? You're a pastor to those kids. All a pastor is is a shepherd, one that leads and guides and takes care of, nurses sheep. And every one of us has an awesome responsibility with the revelation of Christ. So take advantage of that and use that and see that as that, a gift and a responsibility that God has placed upon you. Let me catch your breath. Right? When you get around people that you don't get around a whole bunch, and they want to start, and you can, you, can, you, can, you, can, you can add to the fire, stand out and shine for His glory, right? Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 says, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe, the high priest of ours understands our weakness, for he has faced all of the same testings we do. Yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly into the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. Did you all see that? Read that. At verse 16, it says, So then let us come boldly Excuse me, to the throne of our gracious God. No matter who you are, no matter where you're at, no matter what season you're in, let us, say this with me, let us come boldly to the throne room. Come boldly into the throne room. Even if you have sin in your life, confess it as sin, but come boldly knowing that God still is for you. If you still have breath in your lungs, God is still for you. Now when you're in the throne room, let God speak to you. Let God show you. Have a repentant heart and you can probably turn from those things. Pray, God, change my wicked desires. Change my heart. 
Now, it's got to be done in sincerity. It's got to be done in honesty. But if you can do that, you can come boldly into the throne room of God. Because we believe that the priesthood is for all believers. He's our high priest, but he wants to freely give you all the things that you need. Did you see how that, that verse wraps up there in Hebrews? It says, and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. God has what you need. Only God has what you need. If God has what you need, why would you run from the provider? You're trying to find and fill that need with all other things. And if you could boldly enter into the throne room of God in prayer, in relationship with God, He could give it to you. You need to be set free from this hurt, and you're trying to fill it with all these other things. You're trying to stay distracted. You're trying to fill it with all these other things, ignoring the need maker. He's, he's, he's the need maker. He's the provider to fill your needs. And he wants to give it to you. Look at Colossians 2, 9 through 10. It says, For in Christ lives the fullness of God in a human body, so you are also complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. Every person needs Christ because every person is broken. And the only person that can fix us is Jesus. He completes us. We're like that unfinished puzzle, right? I used to like to do puzzles. And if you have the whole box, but like a couple pieces, it's aggravating. You spend all that time, right? Putting it together and you can't find the one or two pieces and what? That puzzle's incomplete. You can try and let good works lead your life and a good conscience lead your life. And you can try to love people the world's way. And, and you can love things on Facebook and like things on Instagram and, and do it God's way. But your life will be like that unfinished puzzle. You'll be reeling. Reeling, looking for acceptance in all the wrong places, and it's all because you need to place Jesus Christ in that spot. And until you do that, you will be incomplete. The fundamental truth is only Jesus can fix the broken. And he wants to fix you today. Amen. Look at, look at uh, that last point. Last fundamental truth I'm going to give you. So we believe in the unity in the saints and in the body of Christ. We are a spiritual family joined together for the glory of God. The church exists to win souls, make disciples, and destroy the works of the devil. Who's ever heard that? Right? that because that's part of our mission statement here at Liberty Church. What? Win souls and destroy works of the devil. Right? There's nothing like the body of of Christ. I said Christ is that, that peace that completes. There's no church without Jesus. Christian means what? Christ-like. We're Christians trying to live our lives according to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, according to the leadership of Christ who is the head of his body. Right? I love the body of Christ because we are, we are not just a religious group of people. We are a rich family, and I'm not talking about material wealth. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about a richness of love, a richness of joy, a richness of the truth that we all share. And guess what? Jesus is that common ground for each and every single person gathered here today. We would not be here today if I wasn't in relationship with Jesus. 
He is that common ground, that common place. He is the head. Right? We are a family joined together by God, united in its efforts to see people of God and the kingdom of God flourish. And, somebody say and, we want to help those that are lost find the way, the truth, the life, who is Jesus. Right? That's the great commission. That's the gospel. That's, that's Jesus, the life of Jesus, being a Christian in a nutshell. Coming to the revelation of who Jesus is, allowing him to change my life, being transformed into the image of God. And then out of that, the abundance of God in my life, I want to share that truth with every other person. Because I'm not the same. I was blind and now I, I was lost and now I'm, and I want to help every single person get on the right track that I can, right? Look at 1 Corinthians 12, 27. It says, all you together are Christ's body, and each of you are a part of it. If Christ is your Savior, you're a part of the body of Christ. You've been adopted, grafted into the kingdom of God, to the family of God. A rich family. A spiritually rich family. God has a place for you at His table. And if you haven't already taken up your place, you haven't taken up your chair, what are you waiting for? Look at Matthew 28, 19. I'm going to wrap up. It says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. There he is, the Holy Spirit. All three in agreement. Right? Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's the Great Commission. That Great Commission is just overflow of the goodness of God in my life. If I love God, I'll naturally want to do that. I'll naturally want to make disciples, destroy works of the devil, see, see people saved. I'll want to do that. The Spirit of God lives in me. And I want you to do something with me. I want you to pray with me. I want you to get still and quiet in His presence, however you like to do that. And I want you just to listen to my voice. <clears throat> First, I want to ask those, if you're here in the sanctuary, to watch us online. And you're in relationship with God through His Son. You've made Jesus your Lord and Savior. I want you right now to pray for the lost, please. Pray for those that are not in relationship with God. Think about it before you got born again and saved. I bet there was somebody praying for you to know the truth. So be that person today for that world. Pray for the lost. If you're here in the sanctuary, you're watching us online, and you say, Pastor Ian, what you said today has been stirring me. I, I feel this thing inside of me. It's making me nervous. I feel like I'm hearing from God. I'm, I'm seeing that I'm not right with God. If God is dealing with your heart right now, man, that's good news. There's still hope. There's, that's God saying, I love you. I want you to do something about what God is saying in your heart right now. If God is dealing with your heart right now, I want you to respond. I want you to do something. I want you to make today special. I want you to say, you know what? Today I'm going to turn away from the things I've been doing and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this thing. I, I'm going to be in relationship with God on a daily basis. I want to make Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. So if you want to do that, you want to say that prayer, you say, Pastor Ian, I want to do that. I want you to do something for me right now. No one's looking at you, I promise. But what I want you to do is I want you just to stand up. Physically stand up in this place.
If God is speaking to you personally right now, the least you can do is stand up. He died on a cross for you. If you want to stand, amen, praise God, there's people standing. No one's looking at you, promise. I want you just to stand and focus on Jesus and listen to my voice. I want you to know that God loves you. I want you to know God knows your name. I want you to know there's a special purpose locked inside of you. I want you to know God sees the goodness in you. I want you to know that you are forgiven. You are forgiven right now in Jesus' name. What I want to do is lead us all in a prayer. I want you to say it loud and proud with me today. As the kingdom of God is growing, praise God. It's going to sound like this. Heavenly Father, God, we love you. We trust you. We believe in you. We accept your son, Jesus. We confess that he is Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins and past. Redeem my future. And send your Holy Spirit as a helper in my life. I ask this in faith. I ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So awesome. Kingdom of God growing. That's why we do what we do. Amen. So awesome. Well, uh, who's glad you came to church today? Bunch of you? Well, we're glad you came too. Amen. So y'all come back and see us next week. Amen. Come back and bring somebody with you. And uh, what we're going to do is, so we're going to hang out and eat some good food afterwards, okay? So like Pastor Jessica said, here in a moment, girls, y'all go get the kids. And the men, we're going to stay and do the legwork, the hard work. We're going to move these first two rows back a little bit. And then we are going to move some tables and we are going to eat really good and hang out for however long, okay? That's Yes, so thank you. Got you. So just be mindful and courteous, okay? There's enough for everybody to get everything, but that first time through, just just be mindful and courteous, okay? And so everybody, make sure you thank Miss Becky. Give Miss Becky a hand. You'll see her back there. I think I heard she was here like 4:30 this morning, cooking in love for us. So make sure you give her a big hug and thank her. Amen. And one other thing. Okay. Can just join you. <laughs> Yes, you can. <laughs> I mean, in your Michigan stuff. I'm using my creepy voice. So anyway, uh, October is Pastor Appreciation Month. And I, I personally love these guys uh, more than y'all know um, for the dedication that you have for us, for the time you put in, energy you put in us. Um, and I know that there are a lot of people that just love you in the same way. And so, um, you know, we put a card together. Um, and then if y'all forgot to bring something, there's a basket up here. If you would like to leave um, a note or um, a gift or whatever, y'all are welcome to do that. But we are so thankful for these two. And if y'all would come up here, like we just do with everybody um, that in ministry that we get to pray over, um, I just ask you to join us um, to pray over them. I'm going to give you all that. Thank you, sir. Yep. I want to place this in the basket. So, dear Father, I just thank you um, for this couple, Lord. I thank you for setting them apart. I thank you for their paths uh, to come together, God. I thank you for their dedication to your will. Um, God, that they submit each and every day, God. 
that they just continue to not only pour out your blessing on others, but more importantly, God, you in, they invest so deeply into each one of us. God, that they prepare for this day. That they prepare for your word to share. They prepare for um, our needs that we need to be met. And God, you just give them um, all of that, God. You give them the desire to do that. God, I thank you for their sons, God. I thank you that they're going to grow up men of God, uh, Father. I thank you that um, their relationship is so strong, God. I just ask a blessing over that relationship, Lord. I just ask that as things happen in marriage, we all know that they do, God, that you would help them turn to you and to each other first, God. God, I just ask for a hedge of protection over their yes, family, Lord God. I thank you for who they are. God, just continue to let them to desire your heart because when they desire your heart, we will be filled, Father. Yes, and so, God, I just um, ask you just to rain down uh, your blessings and open up the storehouses of heaven on them and their family, God. God, that they would know that we love them and that we care about them. God, that we are here for them if they need us for anything, God. And, Lord, most importantly, God, I just ask that you anoint them yes. with your oil, God, to share your word, to share your passion, and to share your love with us, God. So we ask all this in your son's name, God. I just pray a blessing over the food. I just ask that you uh, bless it to the nourishment of our bodies and our bodies to your service. Yes. And it's in Christ's name we pray.